0: Just sometimes you have to say, fuck it. I'll be honest, I haven't been in the mood to record too much. Just been uh, a lot on my mind, a lot of stuff on the business, everything else in between. AI bots suddenly taking over in like, I don't know, a month. What's going on, everybody? Look at our podcast here. lies Roush, your host. You already know the deal. Look at our podcast. Uh, follow us on all the good stuff—the YouTubes, the Twitch, the whatever the social medias everyone's using these days. We're probably on it, loosely on Instagram, loosely on Facebook. We have all the links. Uh, look at allpodcast.com. Five stars—you know what to do. Review. Let us know how we can improve. Of course, we're letting you know this off the top because uh, we got a big, thick, chunky, girthy review for you today on ai the movie now i thought it would be kind of an interesting uh movie to check out given what's going on in the the, you know the corporate world with all these chat gdps and all these DDPs, gps's and mp3s all these crazy ai AI things coming out helping us the consumer um hopefully uh, live a better life and produce better content but you know there's you know, not without its flaws. So why did we want to cover AI? Well, like I said, the majority of it is because of the AI stuff that's happening today with uh, the 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 Echo devices, the series, the Google devices of the world. I thought it'd be very relevant to the time that's happening. I actually just saw on uh, CNBC, Ashton Kutcher was, uh, I, I guess, a big proponent of some sort of AI uh, funding of sorts. So we've got celebrities on board. They have uh the the kids these days are writing their papers with the chat gdp and everything like that. For everyone that's uh a little bit in the dark about what the the chat gdp is hold on um uh it's a g gpt um it's a natural language processing tool driven by AI technology that allows you to have human-like conversations and much, much more with uh, these different types of bots. Now, if you've been on Discord or if you've used any sort of uh, chat bot before, you've been in the know of these types of bots. I mean, these these data bots, I guess, have been kind of slowly creeping up through the through the years, and now they're just... Kind of mainstream. Now you can basically have integrations, integration, integrations, integrations, inter, no, 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 it's not integrations, uh, extensions, in, extensions uh, with, uh, with Google Chrome that allow you to have like chat GDP, uh, GPT, I always call it something else, GPD, what chat GPT. Um, it allows it to have it right beside the answers of, so if you're like, you know, what is the weather and so and so. New York today, or something like that. It'll have like the chat uh, G- uh, GPT uh, show up beside it and give you all these answers. So, um, you know, AI has been one of these interesting pieces of, uh, I don't know, sci fi that I've always been pretty fascinated with. I've watched 2001 The Space Odyssey, uh, I don't know, a hundred times probably, just in the background. Um, you know, five or 10 times, probably just with the sound on, I just love the visuals. I love the, the experience of watching, um, 2001, but specifically the story of it feels like the evolution of technology. And so, um, kind of going along with it is Kubrick was actually heavily involved in the making of the artificial intelligence story, I believe, but although I don't believe he has any story credits given to him on this specific uh movie this movie is directed by steven spielberg you know classic you know saving private ryan to uh, uh what is it uh, et to jaws to uh, more recently the you got the lincoln's the ready player ones he's uh, the fable men's the post tons tons of uh range with uh steven spielberg and the screenplay also by spielberg um screen story by ian watson based off of the uh super toys long last summer long let me kind of go through a little bit more on the the back end of this and then we'll kind of discuss a little bit more of my um my personal take on artificial intelligence the movie does this movie have anything um to put forth with the idea of artific- artificial intelligence as we know it today ai and artificial intelligence Artificial Intelligence, or simply known as AI, is a 2001 American science fiction film directed by Steven Spielberg, screen, uh, screenplay by Spielberg, and screen story by Ian Watson. They were based on the 1969 short story, Super Toys Long Last All Summer Long by Brian Aldiss. Set in a future, futuristic post-climate change society, the film stars Haley Joel Osment as David, a childlike Android uniquely programmed with the ability to love. This also stars Jude Law, Francis O'Connor, Brendan Gleeson, and William Hurt uh, star in supporting roles. Development of AI originally began after the producer and director Stanley Kubrick acquired the rights to the Aldous story in the 1970s kubrick hired a series of writers, including Aldis, uh, Bob Shaw, uh, Ian Watson, and Sarah Matlid until the mid-1990s. The film languished in development hell for years, partly because kubrick felt that the computer-generated imagery was not advanced enough to create the David character whom he believed no child actor would convincingly portray, which, um, I don't know i think that uh Haley joel osmond is probably one of the shining stars obviously he is the star of this um film if kubrick had uh, you know had his sights on him as a talent if they were you know more aligned in the same time i know that i think kubrick died a little bit before this what was this 2001 kubrick died 2000 uh let me see okay so he died uh 1999 march 7th okay so yeah uh he it was he has been working on this i believe for many years having almost grueling just over the type of technology that would be, um, needed for this type of content for this type of movie. He did not believe that, uh, a real child could actually, uh, portray this type of AI, which I would like to know, that would be one of my questions from beyond the grave. If Kubrick thought that Haley Jill Osment, uh, convincingly portrayed, um, a a robot AI that is, you know, just programmed basically to love. And so this entire world, I'm going to kind of talk a little bit broadly about this movie before getting into spoilers, but loosely, this feels like a very cerebral take on what it would feel like from the emotional standpoint of what would a family do if AI was possible to be to be brought into the family. You know, broadly speaking, um, there'd be a handful of reasons and there will be a handful of reasons. Hell, I got a Roomba right here. It's not like it's sentient or anything to my knowledge, but my, (laughs) you know, with saying that there already are, I I think everything that somewhat assists us with technology in some sort of way from whether it was that little pencil Paperclip guy on Microsoft Windows or whatever the fuck that was uh there to help us answer all of our questions or if it's the words that pop up when we're texting on like iPhones I'm sure Androids do it too it it, it gives us um you know uh, it'll say like uh, suggestions of words of how to say it or spelling corrections or something like that I think like auto auto check like spell check and all of that was the first step of the evolution of ai helping humans to an extent that's helpful because humans are always going to be flawed but to the extent that it's going to you know you know uh, dampen us out put us at an extreme disadvantage uh from poverty, capitalism, all that type of stuff. It's, it's, it's going, in, in, in my opinion, it's probably going of that direction. Everything, if you can, from a business owner standpoint, makes more sense to go automated. If it's uh, safer from insurance purposes, from just the many multitude of reasons of why you'd want to go in automation, it's generally, it's, you, you you know, less room for um, mistakes and stuff like that, and probably ends up saving the business owner a whole lot of money. So let's just hypothetically say, um, well, we don't even have to give up scenarios. I, th- I think that, uh, you know, like a McDonald's would make the most sense. Unfortunately, in the future, I think it's going to be much more feasible just to have these little Probably robots flipping the burgers and doing the fries because, you know, people are prone to um, make mistakes and or, you know, not come to work. I I think it's just going to go of that route. It's not like I agree with the idea that AI should take over human jobs. It's it's going to fundamentally shift everything we think about um, uh, the way that we work, the way that we own businesses. But ultimately i think it's going to come down because it's the cheaper route it's the more affordable route to not have human quote unquote labor um so yeah that's kind of my two cents with the overarching idea of uh, artificial intelligence now i guess when you kind of go into that's more like what i guess what i'm talking about is more like automation of you know having things you know basically autumn become automatic and become self-sustaining like let's just say like a house that's built can automatically clean itself it doesn't require a whole bunch of uh you know maintenance and stuff like that that would be kind of ideal in a way but i guess when we're getting into the idea of ai like these little bots and these chat bots that we were talking about earlier these are not real ai they have program responses so like it's not like they're sentient and thinking it's not going to that degree but you know I was thinking about this earlier today I I guess the main reason I wanted to cover this movie was I'm not exactly sure if Haley Joel Osment a hundred percent believed he was real or that he just wanted to become he 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 believed he was real so much that he just wanted to become uh, a quote unquote real boy, you know, Pinocchio style. We'll we'll talk about the parallels. Um, but with saying that, I think AI is going to hit a point of we won't know if it's sentient before it is sentient, kind of thing. I think humans are more willing to put their eggs in a basket and thinking that something is sentient or maybe personification of something that isn't sentient, but thinking it is, and, and thinking it does have thoughts and feelings and all of that type of thing before it actually would. Let's just say robots and things do actually eventually thousand down a thousand years down the road, actually start having some sort of uh thought that, you know, it shows that they don't, they, they have some sort of, Uh, sentience in a way. I think years before that happens, we're going to have bots that are clearly going to have um, the capability to basically bypass and pass off as humans. I, I mean, we already have the technology today to basically make the quality and look and feel and texture of a person. What we don't have is the a thousand microaggressions and software that has us, um, you know, making decisions before even thinking about it. like the, the things that go in our brain are so intricate that to, to program it is, would take so much money and so much time. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to even fathom and discuss and quantify all in one. Um, sentence, obviously, but, you know, all in one thought. So this movie, with saying all that, you know, that's kind of a lot of a big broad way of saying this movie is way more focused on, you know, like I said, what what would the family do? What would a family aspect do in a a future like this? So continuing on, I'm going to go ahead and give my rating for it just because this the rating for this movie is kind of weird. I feel like for me, the rating is very slanted in the viewer's eyes. Like I could see somebody saying this is their favorite movie. And then I could see somebody else saying, I've, I I hate this movie. I never want to watch it again. And then I could see, honestly, another person saying both things. It's that kind of movie, which is very unusual for a Spielberg movie. Normally they're very um, sweeping epic but still ready for the family in a in a way you know that might be a little bit scary in a way but this is a cold ass movie I have not seen a movie that has felt this I can't say I can't think of a better word than cold but it, it it's so damn cold the cinematographer has uh, Janusz zegmut Kanarski has a scarf on that's how fucking cold this movie is <laughs> uh, um it's uh he's the cinematographer I'm seeing if it is okay. So he is the, uh, Academy award winner for best cinematography. Sorry, my, my contacts a little bit dry right now. I'm trying to fix it. Sorry if I'm blinking a lot. Academy award for, um, best cinematography in the 1990s for Schindler's list and saving private Ryan. Okay. So this must be, um, Spielberg's guy. Okay. Let's see how many times this worked with Spielberg. Um, Schindler's List. Oh my goodness. Okay, he also worked from Schindler's List. He also worked on with Spielberg, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Amistad, Saving Private Ryan, AI, um, Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, and The Terminal. I honestly could see a huge correlation to... AI and Minority Report just strictly by the visualizations of the world, the, the kind of coldness and grays of the world feel feel um very of the kind. And I actually did see Minority Report a little bit, um, well, six months ago or something like that. And I had a pretty good time. I, I was blown by the this, uh, the this Spielberg. Tom Cruise collaboration. I guess I'm just not used to them working together. I'm usually seeing them apart, so seeing them together was very uh, strong. And obviously, there's, uh, it was a very intricate um, movie for what is Spielberg. I normally feel like Spielberg's movies are very, very high concept, and you know, easy to kind of latch onto. But then, you know it. I don't know. He he switches it up. He definitely switches it up. Um sorry, his his movies are very low concept normally and and he, they they normally switch it up. I was just very surprised. So, artificial intelligence. Um let's get to it. Again, if you want the full review for Artificial Intelligence, you're going to get a condensed review on YouTube, SoundCloud, every other platform except Patreon.com slash look at our podcast for the full review. Again, this is uh, edited by Michael Kahn, music by John Williams, um, budget of 90 to to $100 million in 2001, which is high as a bud, Jesus. Um, but I think that would, hold on, inflation, calc um i think that would probably be about 150 today but let me just check i'm just curious for whatever sake so 2001 let's just do 100 million that would be 170 million wow that's a that's a hefty boy and that I don't even think that includes uh advertising and everything so sitting at 146 minutes it's a long one when I first uh was watching it I thought it said that it was an hour and 46 minutes and then I'd looked at it halfway through and I was like oh my God there's a whole another an hour <laughs> I was like uh because I thought I I realized where this movie was going I had no idea when I was watching and, and all of a sudden it was like there's a whole another hour left I was like holy shit this is uh, this is the thick one, it was way more epic that in scope than I was expecting made a box office of 235 million, which is, in my opinion, kind of a flop for. Uh, Spielberg normally that's on uh, normally you want at least three or 400 million for for that that they barely made double its money it's not great so what i'm hearing is a lot of people originally seeing this were not super jazzed about it mostly because this was spielberg's um oh jesus he's got the biggest fucking wiki page i've ever seen in my life um okay so i think he okay so this was the follow up to saving private ryan to my knowledge and that was three years later that, that's this would be very interesting to see as a follow-up and then the follow-up to this was minority report okay so very interesting okay so yeah spielberg was um highly anticipated he had huge box office under him Obviously, Haley Joel Osment at that point was the the it boy. He six cents, seven second hand lions. Uh, does a ton of voice voiceover work. Um, let me see what else he was from. Pay it forward. I thought he was great in that, but the movie's kind of eh. And um. Of course, he was in Forrest Gump too. I was, I was trying. There was one that I couldn't remember. So, he was the it, it boy at that point. He's only thirty five, very young. Um, so I'm trying to find my spot right here. Okay, so, um. In 1995, Kubrick handed AI to Spielberg, but the film did not gain momentum until Kubrick died in 1999. I believe uh, Kubrick was working diligently on the longest film y- and almost anyone has ever made was not not based off of runtime, but based off of just filming time was Eyes Wide Shut, and he was filming the entire thing with uh, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman in London, a whole bunch of shit going down. Basically, he got the last uh, version of the movie turned in that he could about 10 days later after he had shown it to the producers that uh, he had died. Um, AI, artificial intelligence, was released June 29th, 2001 in the middle of the summer. I don't remember everything. Let me see. Uh, Max office, 2001, June... Okay, so wow, that would have... June two thousand one top top five or top four? I don't have fifth one. I don't know what the fifth one was, but uh, Shrek, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, Pearl Harbor, The Fast and the Furious. We had some big IPs coming out that um, I, I don't know if. Pearl Harbor is considered an IP, but still big names behind them too. Um, and of course, Swordfish and then Atlantis, the Lost Empire after that. Yeah, AI was all the way in 13th that year. I definitely did not uh, sorry, of, of that month of June 2001. Um, it was an interesting summer opening, I guess. I remember seeing Shrek a hundred times, 100 times, no joke um okay so it received um so uh it was released june 29 2001 by warner brothers pictures in north america and by dreamworks pictures internationally it received generally positive reviews from critics and grossed approximately 235 million against a budget of 90 to 100 million it was also nominated for best visual effects and best original score for john williams at the 74th academy awards in uh 2016 bbc poll of 177 critics around the world are ai voted sorry in 2016 BC, bbc poll of 177 critics around the world ai artificial intelligence was uh, voted the 83rd greatest greatest film since 2000. And with saying all that, the performances are very good. The direction is impeccable. There's not really a weak link to this, except for maybe the overall concept just starts to kind of fall apart a little bit from the, the overall conception of what's going on. If you just kind of follow the basics of this is basically a robot boy wanting to be a real boy and wanting the affection of his mother, okay, maybe it goes by that. But the conventions it takes from to getting that, and it's got this whole Pinocchio robotic undertones and stuff like that. The movie's a little too long; it's gets a little bit lost in the focus of what's actually important to um, the the viewer, in my opinion. At one point, I actually thought there was a cut, a time jump to a, another character where this this you know there's an age gap, an age jump. Um, I think that's it. It's mostly due to the, the kind of interesting editing that happens, but, I you know, not really a spoiler, but that's not what happens. So with saying that I give it a solid seven out of 10, mostly because it's super ambitious. And from the standpoint of, you know, a boy wanting the affection of his mother from the, AI, if he was an AI, um, I think it, it does a really good job. I, the, from giving us the ideas and pathos of this kid wanting that. Um, You know, uh, there's a handful of scenes, I'd say, are a little bit more contrived and feel a little bit more indulgent in ways that I probably wouldn't have made the choice to do myself, but I hear that some of those were honorary wishes to Kubrick which is actually like the last like 20 minutes apparently was mostly Kubrick stuff um, visually some of the, some of it works some of it doesn't work a lot of it is more in the conception it's like okay I see what you're trying to do but does it actually work um, with saying that let's get into the plot spoilers everything for AI the movie. In the 22nd century, rising, cent- sorry, rising sea levels from global warming have wiped out coastal cities, reducing the world's population. Mecca, humanoid robots seemingly capable of complex thought but lacking in emotions, have been created. in madison new jersey david a prototype mecca child capable of experience love experiencing love is given to henry swinton and his wife monica whose son martin contracted a rare disease and has been placed in a suspension animation monica initially un, feels uneasy with david but eventually warms to him and activates his imprinting protocol causing him to have an enduring childlike love for her and at the beginning it's fucking creepy I'm gonna be honest Haley Joel Osment is a fucking creepy ass way too he's he's an amazing kid actor let's just get that off the chest I don't want to say anything bad about the you know children actors I know they some of them can be precocious some of them can you know too much of the Macaulay Culkin's Home Alones and then we had the uh the 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 kids that are kind of dastardly and goon goonie like and then like the like the goonies or stranger things or something like that we got all those or the it kids you know different types of child actors Haley joel osma is a very specific type of uncanny and uneasy and and interesting because he kind of has the conventional looks of a really cute kid but his acting style which apparently can be attributed to his father which they uh, I, i've heard this on the blank check podcast They said they never get they never talked to him like ba- they never did baby talk to him or stuff like that they would always have very intellectual conversations with him, with his son so haley Joel osmond is just having these apparently just really high level conversations with, uh, actors on that level. And you kind of look at the, you look at him and he looks like he believes that he is a little boy. That's trying to be a real boy. And so all of the emotion I would say is spot on for David. They get, this movie is so fucking cold from the, what feels like the high, the high tower type landscaping, um, open, open uh, glass apartment-style feeling housing, but still very cold, and it feels very much like the iRobot world, if, if y'all remember that. Um, so David here does not make, make it exactly feel any warmer. And initially, I thought that their, ch- their child had died, but he was, you know, he's only, um, I think he has some, I don't think he has MS. He, it's not exactly spoken what he has but it's shown that he has um kind of futuristic braces to help him walk and so continuing on um you know david does kind of creep everybody out at first but then initially the 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 mother and father are kind of like all right now it's i guess we got a new son here now that doesn't eat but is starting to kind of have this competition of love for his mother and just really wants to make her a fresh cup of coffee which you know i guess you know down the line also got to mention the the supporting cast the side characters the side supporting bots uh i think some of them from the jude law character i one of them was voiced by uh, uh yeah 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 I'll, I'll think of a full metal jacket guy um i'll i'll think about it the, the it, there's a whole amalgamation of a list of uh let me see if I can find that E I I M C So I'll continue on with this while I pull this up too. Two things one time. I can do this. Just like David. Um okay, so David has like this imprinting protocol. Basically, he's Initially he loves his mama, but then he really loves his mama. So it's after watching the Fable Men's, I have a million questions to ask Spielberg about his his parents, um, given given seeing this. Um so continuing on, David seeks to have Monica express the same love towards him and also befriends Teddy, Martin's robotic teddy bear which is kind of like, in my opinion, Teddy is the foil for what what David would have been 30 years before. You know, the the teddy bear is essentially the AI version of the before version of David. And it almost feels like each version is kind of being replaced a little bit by little. And I could be wrong on that reading, but it, it definitely felt like that's what happened, especially because Teddy has a voice like that it sounds like his voice has been his voice box has been smoking and the batteries are damn decrusted you better change that thing that thing probably has like mercury leaking out his ass like Teddy needs to get his ass um but ironically and and if that teddy bear had been made today in any movie past 2001 I think it would have been like cute little fun little big i cute little yoga yoda baby yoda grogu looking ass uh cute teddy teddy bear looking ass and sounding good not like a fucking busted ass broke whatever ass you know so my whole thing was, I was like, Jesus! I was like, Is this Teddy Bear gonna fucking kill us later, kill kill the whole family later? Um, no, but the son that comes back from the cryogenic chamber sleep, looking like uh, he's hanging with the Boba Fett bathtub or whatever, um, he's um, he's basically back, and he's like talking to David, and he's kind of antagonizing him a little bit. I think we've seen this type of. Uh, um, this type of bullying before with where there's, you know, uh, normally the siblings are jealous and one tricks the other one to go do something terrible. And then something terrible happens and uh, everything, nothing's the same after. And that's kind of what's sort of happening here. He, uh, let me, let me continue. Martin becomes jealous of David and goats him to, uh, perform worrisome acts such as Cutting off the locks of Monica's hair, while she's sleeping. Now I gotta admit, if I was David, I'd be like, "Why the fuck did you get a new fucking AI kid before I even died? (laughs) Like, like y'all are trying to replace me, and I ain't even dead yet." I mean, there's just multiple times when David is fucking creepy all before Martin even shows up. He's just like playing hide and seek with Monica, like at this creepy ass smile like this, in you know, uh, fucking throw him in the damn closet and making sure he doesn't eat all the spinach and shit like that. Like the kid's kind of creepy, not going to lie, but he's also kind of cute, but he's also kind of creepy. It's, it's, it's a very um, split down the middle kind of uh, feeling. So, uh, yeah, he is told by Martin that he's like tricked into Martin. He's like two things. Uh, one, you can't tell anybody Two, once I tell you, you have to do this thing. And it's like, because of his programming, he has to do this thing, which is cut off some of her hair, which don't touch the hair. Um, so at, so, and he does do that. And and like, she wakes up, the father does like a jujitsu, like spin and kick. And he's like, damn it. Hi-yah! And he's like, he's like, does the kibosh because he thinks it's like, trying to touch this woman or something like that in the evening I mean I do I would smash an AI bot that was coming at my wife with scissors I I wouldn't even think twice grab that thing yeet that thing across the damn thing I wouldn't even fucking think twice like get that out of here (laughs) I was I was like I'm I'm with you right there David and so or sorry uh the husband or whatever so um (laughs) uh let me see um Okay, so at a pool party, one of David's friends pokes David with a knife. They're like, it is kind of interesting how all of the kids are like very uh, intrigued about the David bot and whatnot. But they are also like antagonizing him again in a way that's going to piss. It's not going to piss him off, but it's going to set him off to be like, you know, just, uh, you know, start wigging out, freaking out. and he, And I like how one of the kids kind of knows what's going on the the world building in this is pretty pretty impressive especially with the the opening as well um with William Hurd explaining a lot of things um the exposition of the world essentially but on top of that the uh the kid also knows like some sort of like emergency system that most of these bots are programmed with and it's very cool from talking about all the different types of businesses they they at, at one point uh Brendan Gleason is asking David, you know, are you from this? Are you from that? Are you from Cybertron? Are you from, you know, uh, Toshiba? Are you from Samsung? And it makes sense that all of these different types of corporations would have uh, these different names, and they would all be distributing types of bots and stuff like that. And they'd all have different designs, and some of them would be a little bit more expensive, and some of them would be a little bit less... um, retro, some be more retro, some got the classic designs. some of them be custom designs. We see them all. And I like seeing the variations of that. I don't think there would be a one size that fits all for that. Um, but whether or not they're distributing or sorry, they're exhibiting AI. I I think they might be exhibiting AI like emotions, but I don't think the majority of the movie explains one way or another if they actually are sentient or not i know that they it feels like they want to be sentient but they aren't sentient so that's that's kind of my my take on it so when one of these kids activates david's like you know emergency protocol or something like that he's kind of like wigging out i was like i I was wondering if david was waterproof um assuming he is because he's fucking right beside water at a bathing suit but anyways david grabs onto martin this okay so this is his brother who has braces around his or had braces around his uh you know legs so he's already not super stable and when he grabs onto him, they're beside a pool at Martin's birthday party, and all of his friends are like, Oh my God. And and David's like, Please help me, please help me. Or something like that. He goes into like the self-defense mode and is grabbing Martin. And Martin's like, get the fuck off me. Oh my God. Ah! and they fall into the fucking pool. And I'm like, oh my God. Like I'm wigging out. I'm like, oh yeah, David's done. He is so fucking done. I'm like, He's going straight back to the, going back to Cybertronics, Cybernetics, whatever the fuck it's called. I was like, this shit is, this shit is wild. I was like, you about killed your dickhead brother. Anyways, they fall to the bottom of the pool. With David holding on to Martin tightly. And it is scary because just like, can't get the fucking kid out. You know, I, everyone's wigging out. Like all the parents dive in and stuff like that. It's very scary. Others jump in and save Martin before he drowns. And I remember the distinct shot. They just kind of like leave fucking David like there. He's like, like, just like holding right there. They don't give a fuck. Um, and I don't blame them because, I mean, if you know he's a bot, you know. To them... This, you know, he he's no more important than, like, a Roomba. Like, it, it, it's some craziness before he drowns. And and to be honest, if you haven't seen this movie, David, the child, looks basically exactly like a real human or a real child or a real boy, with the exception of, like, one or two scenes where he, you can see, like, the insides of his robotic messness. But other robots in the world are still very industrial looking like they have like these jaws that look very uh, mechanical and stuff like that. He does not look mechanical at all. He looks like a real boy. Let's just put that out there. Um, And I I don't think that it actually explicit is explicit on here, but um, at this point, Martin had already been antagonizing David and kind of pushing him to his limits to kind of, not exactly get him in trouble, but like just see what he can do and he He actually made David like like fizzle out a little bit by trying to uh eat food at the dinner table with everybody and Martin is just like straight munching on the um spinach and making antagonizing David to do the same thing to make his mother happy. Um, and then he starts like doing it and then he starts like wigging out and then his face starts fucking melting and looks like he's had like a, like a terrible seizure and then they have to take him in this is all before shit hits the fan this is all before the pool party he's taken in they remove his inside stomachs and he's like sitting there with his arm open uh to his mother and his stomach is of completely just like a circuit board which doesn't even make much sense to me like if he's not supposed to eat, then why are there even tubes that would go down to, to his stomach? It didn't make any sense to me from the logistic logistics standpoint. Well, we just will to we we will, we will just ignore that. I will try to speak straight. Um I think I need a little water. Um but, anyways, uh yeah, he he's antagonized by Martin for a while. So Martin did have a little bit of a shindig coming. Maybe you shouldn't have tried to drown him, but you know, that's uh that's on David and that's on that others jump in save martin Jones david is accused of being a danger to living people henry his father convinces monica to return david to his creators to be destroyed thinking that if david can love he can he can also hate he also can hate on uh, on the way there monica has a change of heart and spares david from destruction by leaving him in the woods i'm not sure which one's worse it was still like this was a very very difficult scene to watch this movie is cold 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 from the color palette to the food that they're eating it they don't look warm at all everything the water extra cold There's like a day after tomorrow type sequence. Cold. Um, The way this mother leaves her newly renditioned, imprinted AI son in the woods. Cold. It's a fucking cold ass scene. I was like, this is. This is some cold shit. That's some culture. <laughs> I was I was like, wow. I was like, Spielberg, why you gotta do it like that? <laughs> ah. 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 Mama please Helmet No gun Um <laughs> Um yeah, I was not ready for all of that, man. I was like, "That's some cold shit." Uh, what's um? Let me kind of run down um the actress's name real quick. Um, Monica Swinton, Francis O'Connor. My goodness, and of course the the father, Sam, uh, Ribbards. Um, yeah, I was like, "God dang, man, this is like." It didn't make me cry because I was so in shock of the way that it was happening. I was like, not like this. Like, it shows her kind of going by Cybertronics where he was created. They were like, all right, I was like, maybe he's going to get deprogrammed and maybe it doesn't work and he escapes, kind of thing. No, he gets fucking left in the cold ass woods. He's like, "Mama, please, no!" It's like, oh, not like this!" It is just like, I was like, "Why you gotta do this, boy, like this?" You didn't even give me anything, but a goddamn like, he got another DUALS! Oh my god! I was like, I, I feel like I'm more upset now than I was watching because of how much in shock. And I was like, I was like, this little boy going down, here. and she like, she has to jump in that fucking like, uh, janky ass looking car and three wheels and stuff like that. She jumps in it closes the door and then he slaps his hands up the door He's just like Mama, please i was like oh dude man that fucking ripped my heart out i was like i don't think i've seen anything this sad in a spielberg movie and maybe since saving private ryan which would have been probably the year before but still that was just like some even for a guy like me that's cold um so uh she leaves him in the woods with teddy as his only companion david recalls the adventures of pinocchio that she read him um i didn't know pinocchio was going to be such a prevalent part of this but it makes so much sense it'd be like if geppetto was (laughs) your mother and she didn't love you So, uh, David recalls The Adventures of Pinocchio which now that I'm thinking about it that was a pretty sad ass movie I watched last year too with uh, Guillermo del Toro directing that what's with all these sad Pinocchio movies I guess that's baked in Um, so he decides to find the Blue Fairy so that she may return he decides to find the Blue Fairy in the Adventure of Pinocchio book so that she may turn him into a real boy. Which he believes will win back Monica's love. And so thus the the movie begins. You know, it's, it's it's like an hour and a half in or something like that at this point. And I was like, where the fuck is this movie going? Is this movie about how David is not going to be accepted by his family? And then all of a sudden he learns to become a real boy and he comes back and he's a real man. And then he goes back and he's like, mama! uh no that's not that movie that's not this movie at all what what do you think elias (laughs) um so let me see um there was there was uh okay so the way this is cut it shows david basically just standing there while his mother leaves him in the foggy cold ass woods and it zooms out from from that and then and then all of a sudden cuts to Jude Law, Gigolo Joe, which I was like, okay. So I was watching this on Amazon Prime. They have the X-ray thing come that pops up and it tells you you know the names of the actors and who they're playing and stuff like that. And it shows Joe. I was like, okay. So does David? Does David turn into Joe? And so for the first. 15 minutes or however long we're with Joe we are with Joe for at least like a 10 minute extended time where I'm thinking David has just flashed forward and basically grown up to become Joe so I was completely confused about what the hell was going on with gigolo Joe changing his hairstyle like all of a sudden he's a blonde he's like all of a sudden he's got brown hair now he got black hair like you know I was like what's the deal with gigolo joe and him doing with the you know cracking the neck with it and then he got a new fresh song for the ladies like can i do that can i like hit a? Uh, of hurt my neck oh i have to stretch my neck to get the get the right. anyways um i gigolo joe and almost everything about him felt cool he felt like smooth lived in and then all of a sudden he's like he's like servicing you know ladies that are look like they've been abused and stuff like that they've never been with a robot so he's trying to hit the hit the smoothness with it and so um i just enjoyed the character of uh gigolo joe jude Law just being wild it was it, you know what was even more surreal was seeing him i had watched the Peter Pan and Wendy movie with him as Captain Hook him the skeevy kind of sad ass Captain Hook and seeing him in this is like night and day but he has so much range I had never really thought about it blank check actually talked about this uh Griffin Newman had brought this up uh that Jude Law is so good looking and kind of charismatic that he plays a better character actor than a leading man, even though he's got the looks of a leading man. Which I've never really thought about that, but I kind of uh, apply that to uh, you know a, a handful of actors. I think uh, maybe like Charlie Hed- Hudlum, maybe like a Paul Walker a little bit. Um, you know, some of these guys that are really handsome, but they they play like a very specific type. They need to they they are cast as leading men, but they were or are more um, more like sup- really good supporting cast. So anyways, I'm bringing this up. Jude Law is excellent in this. He's kind of like the Jiminy Cricket a little bit that just happens to pop out, pop out of nowhere. But anyways, he is what looks like this futuristic town. So there was multiple reasons that I thought that this was a jump in time was David was out of the picture for like 10 minutes. I was like, okay, so I guess we're done with Haley Joel. I guess he's completely done, which was not accurate. This was happening at the same time, just in a different part of the city, that Jude Law was being basically framed by a hotel uh, ex-escort guy um, for killing one of his clients. and um, And of course, robots are constantly being hunted. It's like this future where robots can't roam free it's you know it's the uh uh it's flesh versus Mecca essentially and that was very much established at the pool party so one of the places that uh her David David's mom's like I'm sorry I didn't tell you about the world by the way stay away from the flesh fair David's like, so where do I go? What, what did mom say? Um, go, um, flesh Fair? Okay, let's go. So David and Teddy start having this like Shrek ass adventure. And he's like, where do we go, David? And David's like, I don't know. Where do we go? I guess we're going to the Flesh Fair. So, um, 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 David and Teddy are captured by uh, a Flesh Fair so they don't intentionally go there but they're like looking at the fucking moon and they're like is that the real moon or not and they're like oh my god and for some reason robots can't uh can't determine if the moon is the real moon or not but when they look at it they're like oh wow um again uh, spielberg hitting us with the ambulance symbol which was really cool but also scary as fuck because how big it fucking was and all of a sudden you see that they're capturing robots in bulk and at that point fucking. Um, Jude Law is running running with him too and uh, you know the, all these robots are kind of running in mass and stuff like that and at this point we see a junkyard I believe of just random junk from uh, I guess companies that are throwing out shit behind I guess Cybertronics and all these other robots voiced by all these other bigger names I think I uh um come on now i got some i had some of them over here somewhere Da da da. kid Jigolo jane oh Jigolo jane's in here oh um oh yeah there is a Jigolo jane so there is a female version of kind of what uh Gigolo joe was as well um but yeah we have uh the yeah the femme mecha nanny clara uh miller We have uh, Robin Williams as Dr. No. We have Meryl Streep. That was who I was thinking as Blue Mecca. Ben Kinsley as a specialist. Big names. Chris Rock even shows up as uh, the comedic Mecca and stuff like that, which is kind of just out of nowhere. Um, So, yeah, they, they kind of bring all these robots together, and there's that one scene of the robots fixing each other and helping each other out with using old abandoned parts from other robots love that shit something about that is so visually satisfying from a world building standpoint reminds me very much of like um iron giant irobot all of the some of the best sci-fi movies that were always showing how parts are in in, in mechanized things are moving and stuff like that i feel like transformers one sort of did that but it it always got lost in a way that never felt like tangible and that was where i i kind of lost me there anyways david teddy are captured by the flesh fair a traveling circus like event where obsolete mecca are destroyed before jeering crowds who hate mecca believing them to be both dangerous and a and a cause of human unemployment now you can very much see this looks like uh some red state like nascar type quote unquote redneck hey you know robot hey we don't like your kind kind of <laughs> kind of uh place um and i could see it's almost a little bit too on the nose but it it honestly is kind of like that uh I, I wish it wasn't um but it's almost a little bit too on the nose there Fucking spielberg just take it easy there About to be uh, destroyed himself, David pleads for the life, sorry, for his life uh, and the audience, deceived by David's realistic nature, revolts and allows David escape alongside Gigolo Joe, a male prostitute Mecca on the run from authorities after being framed for the murder for murder. Um, David, Teddy, and Joe go to the decadent resort town of rogue city where dr no a holographic answer engine directs them to the top of rockefeller center in the flooded ruins of manhattan and also provides fairy tale information interpreted by david as suggesting that a blue fairy has the power to help him so that's a mouthful right there. Basically, a couple things I want to run down. Little girl that helps David in the cage uh to get out of the cage or to kind of have his voice heard. Very cute. I'm not sure who that was, but um very cute girl. Let me see if I can find that. Um Kate I, I don't see it off off the top of my head. Teenage honey. It's hard to tell because everyone's growing up from there. So anyways, um the interesting thing about Dr. No is it would looks like the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, imagine Dr. No is essentially, it's like an Echo device meets Google and has the face of like a 19, 1920s Albert Einstein, but voiced by Robin Williams. I was uh, oddly like cool with the voiceover, I thought this is some of his best voiceover work in a minute, um, just from not immediately knowing it was Robin Williams. I didn't I didn't see I realized it was him until like halfway through. Um, but on top of that, this has got to be one of the most frustrating things I've ever seen. It's like you got to ask questions in a very specific a- manner, as well as having the category categories for it of what kind it, it's like 20 questions meets google or something like that it's some fucked up shit i would i'd be like this is the most fucked thing i've ever paid for it'd be it'd be like paying for google and it might give you the right answer um if you say the categories right it's some weird shit i, I was like this is what is this shit anyways um still kind of funny. Um, above. So it tells them, basically, you got to go to Manhattan, go to above the flooded ruins. Basically, it's fucked up New York. Got to go to the place where Cybertronics headquarters, I guess, is, and stuff like this, some wild shit up there. Um, Again, very cold. Above the ruins of Manhattan, David meets Professor Hobby, which is played by William Hurt, his creator, who tells him that they're meeting demonstrates ability david's ability to love and desire which is i want to say very similar to some iRobot uh terminology which i would say i think iRobot looked at this movie and said we need to kind of improve it and make it a lot more about that mission which i think they probably did um david finds many copies of himself including like the the one that's in the chair he's like hello david he's like i'm not a god. i am david i am unique i will beat your ass like and i want mama (laughs) like he he's like going in and he doesn't want to be told otherwise that he is not special i guess and so in this is to the point of like at this point in the movie. I'm like, this is some 2001 shit I've ever seen. It feels like the pacing of 2001, with like not really knowing the typical three act structure of what was going on. This opening that kind of felt like it had something to do, but didn't, and then like this this little act break with uh, understanding Jigolo Joe. It, it was a lot. I was like, this is wild. Um, So yeah, um, David finds many, many copies of himself, including female variants called Darlene. Box and ready to be shipped. Um, That would be some traumatizing shit. Seeing like AI versions of your, of yourself, but like of a different gender, that'd be some trippy stuff. Um, It'd be different to see yourself be like, okay, I can understand it. But then they're like, Oh, shit, they have me, but it's different versions, man. You know, like some, <laughs> like some uh, multiverse shit right there. So I didn't really notice this, but apparently all of the fonts and all of the marking up of the boxes is really just graphically unappealing. And um, I guess with purpose, maybe saying that corporations don't really know how to box their shit. I don't know. Boxing are ready to be shit. And it's, it's kind of disturbing because he's like looking down the hall of this creepy ass room of all these masks and all these different variations of himself and it's, it's very creepy him going through again, some creepy ass shit of, I've, I haven't seen Spielberg do before, and very surreal and cerebral and just like all this fucking just craziness at the same time, um, and him walking down and seeing the boxes of himself and one of the boxes is fucking like moving around he's like, oh, 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 I gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, Wildness, all wild. Um, Disheartened by his uh, lost sense of individuality, at one point he says, my brain is falling out. And I've never felt more seen on screen (laughs) than that line in like the last like five years. I think my brain is falling out is such an integral and accurate depiction of what a child would say when their mind is blown and and something that uh, an AI would say especially, I think that it's such a it's it's an excellent encapsula- encapsulation of what it is uh, what it feels like to just just lo- to kind of understand, understand something on that s- scale can't talk right now David attempts suicide by falling from a skyscraper into the ocean while underwater david catches sight of a figure resembling the blue fairy before joe rescues him in an amphibious amphibious craft i think you could probably list you could probably say anything from him saying his brain is falling out almost after that feels like it could possibly just be all in his head and you know it's cool to just have that but this is continuing on before david can explain joe is captured via electromagnet by authorities david and teddy take control of the craft to see the blue fairy which turns out to be a statue from an attraction on coney island the two become trapped when the wonder wheel falls on their vehicle uh believing the blue fairy, to be real, they are stuck in this amphibicopter under like a thousand stories of water looking at this blue fairy lady statue. And David asks the statue to turn him into a real boy and repeats this request until his power source is depleted. I'm not even sure if it's explained how his power source is depleted or even reinstated or uh, sorry how he even charges up i don't remember if they said that but anyways you're like okay not, okay interesting kind of a sad ending sad movie no there's more sit back down don't get don't get up whatever you're doing go back you're probably gymming. you're probably walking You might be in the shower. Whatever you're doing, get the fuck back in. We still got more movie to go to. 2,000 years later, humanity has become extinct and Manhattan is now buried under glacial ice. So apparently this is stuff that Kubrick had written. Mecca have evolved into an advanced form and so these are robots these are not aliens to be clear if you look at these things they are very thin they look like aliens from any other movie these are robots in this movie okay and a group group of them called specialists have become interested in learning about humanity and so they're flying and floating in between where the 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 now frozen over and aged over and now futurized version of New York is, and all the way down to where David is staring at this fucking statue. 2,000 years later, they show up in their cube to like, Skr! what the hell's going on down here? So they, they show up and they're like, what's going on? They find and revive Teddy and David, David, walks to the frozen blue fairy statue which collapsed collapses when he touches it the specialist reconstruct the swinton family home from david's memories and ex- and have like the visualizations on their face um and explain to him through an interactive image of the blue fairy that it is impossible to make david a real boy however at david's instance they sorry at david's insistence they use their scientific knowledge to recreate monica through genetic material from the strand of the hair that teddy kept all the way from when martin tried to get us on that one teddy our boy was there for the catch and there is a shot of Teddy like snagging some of the hair. He's like, I'm gonna eat some of this for later. Um, this Monica can live for one day. And the process cannot be repeated. Why one day? Why 24 hours? I don't fucking know. No one does just rules for rules' sake, because you can't have it forever. What do you think this is? What do you think this is? You can't just have Monica? Damn, man. David spends his happiest day with Monica and she falls asleep in the evening after he makes her a nice cup of coffee. You know, that's all he really wanted. She tells David that she has always loved him. The everlasting moment he had been waiting for, the narrator says. David falls asleep as well and goes to that place where dreams are born. And Teddy crawls on the bed and stares at them while David holds his mom's hand and crawls on the bed. Uncreepily. Very uncreepily. And that, my friends, is AI 2001. Lot of questions, a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of feelings about this one. I saw it had a 75% Rotten Tomato score. I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning, um, but it was, um, it's an interesting one. There is so much correlation to the Fablemans from the Spielberg family aspect, it almost feels like it could be uh, watched, you know, right, in tandem with it. It feels very much in lockstep with it, based off of how much footage. I don't know or just not footage but how much interpretation there is it feels like through the character of David I, w- I want to know if Spielberg sees him sees himself as this character or if he sees himself as more of the creator or what what he really is he Dr. No like what is Spielberg see a, as himself in this because there's a lot of not issues sound like the wrong word and in an easy way to say it but it's not it's not issues it's it's just it, Pathos through the through the family, I guess, It's just like whoa. So, let me see if there's anything else that we wanted. To... I know this has a ton of special effects that were they had to use for obviously all of those robots and stuff like that, and everybody was super excited about it. Um, Let me see the reception. On Rotten Tomatoes, AI holds an approval rating of 75% based on uh, 197 critics with an average rating of 6.6 out of 10. The website's critical consensus reads, a curious, not always seamless amalgamation of Kubrick's chilly bleakness and Spielberg's warm heart optimism. AI is, in a word, fascinating. On Metacritic, it has a weighted review of 65 out of 100. Uh, from 32 critics, which indicates generally favorable reviews, audience cinema score, given average grade of C plus on an A plus to C, uh, sorry, A plus to F scale, which is C plus is not great at all. Normally, even a a low A or B is not very well received. So I'd say that the cinema score is very low on this. I'd say probably the majority of people going in would had a different interpretation of what this was going to be. Um, producer Jan Harlan said that Cooper would have applauded the final film the, uh, while Kubrick's widow Christine also enjoyed AI Brian Aldiss admired the film as well I thought it was an in, inventive intriguing ingenious involving film this was um, there are flaws in it and I suppose I might have a personal quibble but it's, a, it's so long since I wrote it of the film's ending he uh, wondered how it might have been uh if kubrick directed the film that is one of the ifs of the film history at least the ending indicates spielberg added some sugar to uh kubrick's wine the actual ending is overly sympathetic and moreover ratherly engineered by a plot device that does not really bear uh, credence to its uh, brilliant piece of film and, of course, it's a phenomenon because it contains energies and talents of two brilliant filmmakers. Richard Corliss heavily praised Spielberg's direction as well as the cast and visual effects. Robert Ebert said it is wonderful and maddening. Ebert later gave the film a full four stars and gave it to, gave it to his uh, great movie list in two thousand. 21 so we could go on about this for a very long time i think everyone would uh holy shit it got nominated for a bajillion things um visual effects original music and academy awards um nominated for both don't think it won any of them but uh very very interesting film let me know what you thought about ai 2001 and um, let me know how it can improve. Subscribe. You know what to do. You can subscribe for free on YouTube. Every subscription helps. Um, you can go on Apple iTunes, Five stars, SoundCloud. You can give us a thumbs up. Everyone that's supported us on all these platforms. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. Uh, again, be sure to check out Lookitallpodcast.com for all of your favorite links to new, funky, fresh podcast for your ass. Thanks again, ag- again, patreon.com slash podcasts for the full review if you're watching on a different platform, YouTube or anything else. Thank you and take it ease. Take it ease, 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 take it ease, 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 take it ease, 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 take it, take, take take it, take it ease.